0: Pull those belts tight, put on your helmet, and grab a gear. It's time for another high-speed episode of Race Chaser Media's Motorsports Madness, powered by mycomputercareer.edu. Training for a better life. Let's throw the green and send it to the hosts in the studio.
1: The sky is falling. The sky is falling. Tom, Tom, the sky is falling. Yeah, the
2: sky's always falling, it seems like, at NASCAR. And uh, there's just that portion of the fan base that is always going to have that mentality because I think they've just gotten addicted
1: to NASCAR bashing. Um,
2: <laughs> dear, uh, hey, Dear, I'm sure Dear.
1: Dear everyone, the sky is not actually falling. Both of us are here to tell you that. We all woke up today. It's all going to be okay, I promise.
2: Well, yeah, it's all going to be fine. And at the end of the day, NASCAR, although they've made some pretty interesting changes for 2021, I don't see any of them being of such a veracity that everybody should be even concerning themselves with them frankly i think it's uh, i think some of the changes are going to be quite interesting and i'm kind of excited to see what they
1: bring next year now before i get too far into this Hi, everybody. I, I I didn't want to get too far into the joke before reminding you that, hey, we actually have to talk about who we are. I'm Jacob Seelman. He's Tom Baker. And this is Motorsports Madness, where tonight's only going to be a little bit madder than what it normally always is, because, well, as Tom mentioned, NASCAR's been a little crazy this week. <laughs> and if you've been living under a rock and missed it, uh, among the topics we're going to talk about tonight are, yes, the Bush Clash moving to the road course for 2021, which newsflash i'm actually a little bit excited about more on that later we'll also talk about one nut yes well we're nuts but we constitute two unlike the one that NASCAR's going to for 2021 more on that later too and we'll also talk about a lawsuit yes that brian france is involved in more on that phenomena that uh, was a little bit of breaking news later on as well. So if you uh, haven't sit back, ratcheted your seatbelts a little bit tighter and set in for what is going to be an interesting show, (laughs) it's going to be an interesting show. And I wish we could get into it all in this first segment, but unfortunately, we have a few things, uh, items of business to take care of to make sure that we can stay on the air in all of the places that we're on the air. So we're going to step aside real briefly when we return. We'll break all that down. It's Motorsports Madness powered by My Computer Career and we'll be right back
3: Hi, this is Tyler Ingram, and
0: you're
1: listening to the Race Chaser Radio. Now back to the show. Welcome back to Motorsports Madness, powered by mycomputercareer.edu, training for a better life. Jacob Seelman and Tom Baker with you as we rocket through a week of motorsports insanity, or at least that's what I'm going to start calling it. Uh, Tom, this segment brought to us tonight by Victory Custom Trailers.
2: That is very correct. Victory Custom Trailers, a new partner for us on Race Chaser Radio, and we really are excited to have them. Victory Custom Trailers is a trailer sales and service dealer out of the Michigan area, but they will deliver anywhere In the continental U.S., they carry many of your favorite brands, from ATC to Bravo to Cargo Pro to InTech, U.S. Cargo, Renegade, Sport Chassis, Vintage, and more. Their staff has been in and around the trailer business for many years, offering expertise and experience in your hauling needs. doesn't matter if you are hauling a race car, a horse, or any other kind of equipment that you want to put in the trailer, Victory Custom Trailers will build a gorgeous trailer to your specifications. Victory Custom Trailers sponsoring this segment of the show and joining the Race Chaser family of partners. And we are thankful for Chris Hedinger and his staff. We will have both Chris and his daughter, Katie, coming up on future Thursday shows. Katie is just 12 years old, and she's already racing late models in the Michigan area. And uh, you're going to love her when we get her on the show. She is just a darling young lady and um, she's an aggressive young racer too so uh, gonna be a lot of fun to have that but uh, good to be with everybody tonight here on this show and man NASCAR Jacob gave us more than enough to uh, to chew on here for about 45
1: minutes or so where do you want to start Well, let's see. Where do I want to start? I want to start with the thing that I'm actually really excited about, if we can, because, well, long story short, the Bush Clash has a new home for 2021, so to speak, anyways. No longer will we see the Crash Fest of 2020, where only five cars made it to the checkered flag and Eric Jones drove a car that more resembled a dump truck bound for a junkyard somewhere than an actual race car to Victory lane instead tom 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 we get to go road racing i'm so pumped for this yeah um you you had a long you had a long hesitation there i'm 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 almost nervous about this you're not you are you not excited i'm i'm intrigued i think is the best way to put it i'm intrigued
2: um i definitely don't want to see any more nonsense like we saw this year that was just embarrassing um so, I'm intrigued. I I guess the, the interesting thing is, now, I've heard two different versions of this story, so maybe you can correct me on this. Are we running this year's car or next year's car
1: in the Clash? We are running this year's car, not the next-gen car in the Clash for 2021, because, quite simply, we don't want to wreck half the field if that, ends up being what happens. I hope it's not. But, you know, we don't want to risk wrecking half the field and then asking them to run the next-gen car in the 500 five days later.
2: Yeah, I I mean, I guess the theory is they wouldn't be able to get enough of them built. That's to, exactly, to a, that's correct. Um, to have a separate car. So, um, sure, okay, I mean, a- am I excited that, that NASCAR is going to do something on Daytona's road course? 100%. Um, I've wanted to see a race on that road course for a couple of years. I, have I really, I think that even if they're not going to run a cup race on it, they ought to, I, I've been saying they should run an Xfinity race, uh, on it at least, and, you know, do something with it that's NASCAR related. I am sure that this is a science experiment. They're going to do this basically as a test. They want to see how the stock cars are going to handle the road course. And, of course, um, I guess you, you won't learn as much when you're running this year's car <laughs> when we're really on to the, the, the next gen car next year. But, um, you know, but I, I think it's a science experiment. I think it, it's going to make it very interesting. Um, now, I think they could probably do a little bit of work to the road course um there are some real there are some parts that aren't really super well lit there are some parts that you know are pretty bumpy uh you know i i'd really like to see them kind of do some some uh upgrades and, and maintenance work between now and then before they run this race but you know honestly I think it'll give it um a little bit more of a a, a unique twist and shoot at it, it, this point if 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 it was a choice between this and the kind of um, horse foolishness that we had this this past race, um, I'm all for it. Let's go road course racing and see what happens.
1: I mean, let's be real. The Rolex 24 course, which is the course we're going to be using, by the way, the 3.56-mile version of the course, it has put on tremendous racing in the past. I mean, we've seen it with the IMSA sports cars for years. I have no doubt that even though the NASCAR stock cars are a little bit heavier, I mean, it's the same general premise here. It's the same course with a lot of the same passing zones. There's talk maybe of needing to add a, an extra chicane on Off of turn four, uh, similar to what we have at Charlotte with the roval there. Right. Just to decrease the speeds a little bit coming through the tri-oval so that everybody can get down to speed going into road course turn one. Which makes sense because getting from uh, about 170 or whatever down to the 45 or 50 that it's going to take to make that corner without wrecking something. Uh, is is not an easy ask. So you want to have a little bit of a, a breaking zone there so you're not breaking before the start-finish line. Um, but, you know, as it is, I, I'm... I'm very intrigued to see, I actually watched some video earlier today of the 2006 IROC race that they ran on the road course at Daytona that Tony Stewart won. Just to kind of get, get in my mind, uh, maybe some thought process behind what we might see, and if it's anything like the IROC race. I'm actually, I, like I said, I'm looking forward to it because those cars, not quite stock cars, but they still put on great racing well yeah they do
2: and and well and, and we could have a whole other discussion because i think it's time to bring iraq back personally please um, please let's do it yeah we could we can discuss that uh, at some other point but uh i think this is the perfect time for someone to capitalize on all of this kind of cross promotion between series and roger having indy now and all of that i just think i think the timing is perfect for it but um You know, yeah, I agree with everything he said. I mean, the the only concern I have is that, you know, there there aren't necessarily a lot of cars that run in this in this bush clash. And I just hope this isn't one of those deals where everybody gets all spread out and there's really no racing. Uh, You know, that's the only concern I have, um, you know, is is that we may not see an awful lot of side by side competition, um, with running the big course with so few cars but um, but I think it I think this is something that just needs to happen and and I love by the way, and I guess we can segue into this and then you know if you want to pick it up in the next segment if we run out of time here, um, I think that the idea of condensing spe- uh, the the week or the events down to a week um, and and doing the bush clash, on a tuesday and doing qualifying on a wednesday and you know then the obviously the duels and and the rest of the week. i think i think it's a great idea um and you know i just think it's gonna make it that much more special and put all the emphasis on that one seven day period basically um and so people can just plan on going down, spending one week. They'll see everything. And, um, I mean, I, I just think it's – I think it's a good time to make these changes. And, you know, for all the fans that, well, NASCAR is ruining Blah blah. blah just, you know, go away. I mean, I get it, but it's sometimes tr- – sometimes change is good. And I think a lot of what NASCAR has done for the last 20 years has been kind of stagnant, frankly – and so, you know, I think this is uh, I think this is a great setup, Jacob, and we can talk more about it in the next segment. But I think there's a great setup now, and I'm really looking forward to seeing how it works out.
1: Oh, I am, too. I think it's going to be fantastic, quite personally. And, and I look forward to Speed Weeks 2021 from the standpoint of you're right. It's going to be very much a, you know, six day period of of insanity and a lot of fun but we can talk more about that like you said on the other side of break got to step aside we'll be back with more motorsports madness in just a minute
2: Their representatives are experts on making your track driving as safe as possible. With locations in Mooresville, North Carolina, and Danvers, Massachusetts, the staff at HMS is always ready to take the time and help you find the right product for your specific safety needs. You have family and friends who care about you, so don't settle for second when it comes to motorsport safety. Just stop in to HMS Motorsport, visit them on their website at hmsmotorsport.com, Or send them a message on Facebook. Tell them the folks from Race Chaser Media sent you.
5: What an awesome game.
0: Hi, this is Spencer Boyd, and you're listening to Race
7: Chaser Radio. Now back to the show.
1: Welcome back to Motorsports Madness, powered by mycomputercareer.edu, training for a better life, Jacob Seelman and Tom Baker with you as we continue talking about all the fun NASCAR newsy type things that have gone on since we were last on the airwaves together. And we kind of broke down the last segment, the bush clash moving to the road course. And that's part of a bigger initiative as Tom and I began discussing right before the break of Speed Weeks 2021 going from basically a week and a half, more or less, two full weekends and then some, down to just six straight days of racing in 2021. That all culminates with the uh, 63rd running of the Daytona 500 on Valentine's Day, February 14th of next year. So, Tom, I'm curious. I know really where one of my uh, really exciting things with the condensing of Speed Weeks into Speed Week was for twenty twenty one. But I'm curious your thoughts first, you know, what stuck out to you aside of the Bush Clash, of course, moving to the road course. What else from the new Speed Week schedule sticks out to you for next February?
2: Well, I mean for me, the the whole thing kind of comes together to stick out. And what I mean by that is that first of all, I think the fact that it's been condensed, it makes it easier to digest. So now when you think about speed week at daytona now obviously if you put the s on speed weeks that basically talks about for those in our audience who may not be totally familiar with that term speed weeks is is basically a motorsports buffet of a bunch of different kinds of racing from short track pavement to short track dirt to open wheel to stock cars to modifieds to whatever uh sprint cars um you know midgets whatever uh, that that take place a variety of tracks down there legends cars speed week is kind of daytona's little piece of it um i think this makes that easier people can come in on the weekend before and you know the arca race and then you've got qualifying or the uh, bush class qualifying all of that um you know the the arca race being moved um is, is definitely, I think, an, an interesting piece of that as well. But for me, I think what sticks out is the fact that this is just going to make it so much easier for people. And I love the fact that we're going to get some more primetime NASCAR coverage during the week now. Because in addition to the duels, which which are Thursday night, you're going to have the clash and you're going to have qualifying. So, um, to me, this is more exposure for the sport in primetime during the week,
1: which I think we need. Well, okay. uh, hang on, I, to, to hang me, on, just hang on, it... just a second. To be clear, by the way, uh, Wednesday they, they've not made a final determination on when Daytona Five Hundred qualifying is going to be on Wednesday. There's still a possibility it could be during the day on Wednesday during the daylight hours, as opposed to being under the lights qualifying, which. Quite frankly, I'm, you know, if I'm NASCAR, I would love to see. We we don't do qualifying under the lights. I would love personally to see that if that's something they want to do. But I have a feeling, knowing NASCAR, they may stick to to tradition on that one and do qualifying under the daylight hours like it's always been.
2: I don't know. See, for me, that wouldn't make a lot of sense now because you've shifted the focus to um a a weekday kind of deal obviously um if you're going to do the bush clash at night then you ought to do qualifying at night because again you open yourself up when you do something during the day there's a whole portion of your audience that can't tune it in because they're working now i understand you're going to have you know the goal would be to get everybody there who's going to be in the stands but that doesn't account for everybody that can't go and has to work to me, it makes more sense to do everything at night. I had thought that's what they were going to do, but maybe I misread what what I saw. Um, no, no. The, know, it the would make the much only... more sense to me to do it at night. And again, it would make it unique as far as I'm concerned. And, you know, let them practice during the day so they can kind of get to the condition of, you know, or the, the temperature or whatever, the time that you're going to be racing. But... I think we had to qualify on Wednesday night and have everything in the evening. I'm hoping that's what they end up doing.
1: Yeah, the only things that have been confirmed as far as timetable right now are the dates when things are going to happen, the clash being at night, the duels being at night, and the truck race being at night. We don't have specific schedules right. for everything else yet. However, knowing that we're going to have a doubleheader that Saturday with the ARCA cars and the Xfinity cars, I have a feeling you're going to see one of those races predominantly be a nighttime race, if not one of those races being a full nighttime race, because to pack two races into one day, there's only so many daylight hours you can have. And quite frankly, if I'm NASCAR, hmm, please put the Xfinity race under the lights. Please do it, please, because that I just think that would be awesome. Well I do too and of
2: course you could do it either way you can put the ArCA race under the lights or the Xfinity race under the lights and um, either would be fine but I think it would make more sense from NASCAR's standpoint to put the Xfinity race as the the night race and you know here again, I think part of what's going on here is that the you know there are so many fans who live on, tradition and they want the the they want the NASCAR back that we had in the seventies and the eighties and that's just not gonna happen. You you can't go back. You can't recreate that time in the world, let alone in the sport. And now you know people want more short tracks. They want more road courses. Well NASCAR gives us the clash on a road course and everybody complains cuz they're moving the so they complained about the crash fest. Fans have to understand that NASCAR has to try to figure out what it wants to be in the long term and they have to in order to do that, they have to experiment a, a bit. I think the other piece to this is is that NASCAR realizes that they have to look at the cost to race. And they also have to look at the cost to get people to the track. And so when they condense a schedule like this, they're doing that basically in one part to make it easier for people to come and spend less days there, but see everything they would have seen spending more days, you know, up, up to then. So, um, a lot of this I feel like is people see it is they're doing so much so quickly, but really all they're doing is just doing the same amount of racing in less days. And, you know, the class to the road course thing to me makes perfect sense for difference. It's a non points race. It certainly wasn't a good race this year. So let it be what, you know, let it, let's try it on the road course, see where it goes. um, to me, a lot of what NASCAR is trying to do, Jacob, I like it because it feels like they're trying to see if we can have some difference here and create a better product. And, and uh, to me, the Daytona schedule this coming year is exactly what it ought to be. And I think fans, once it happens, are really going to enjoy it.
1: Can I read something from our friend Kelly Crandall at Racer? Because she summed it up better than I could, and I just hadn't had the time to really put my thoughts down to pen and paper yet. Sure. So Kelly started her column today with, If you've ever had the urge to bang your head against the wall or scream out loud, even in an empty room, Are you kidding me? Then you know what it's like to cover an ass Tom and I can both say we've had that. Uh, she goes on to mention some of the changes over the next-gen car. Uh, and then mentions, uh, let's go and address what's brought the latest round of headbanging and disbelief. One lug nut. Reality check time. NASCAR might stand for the National Association of Stock Car Auto Racing, but there hasn't been anything stock about NASCAR in decades. Such a belief should have been removed from the complaint box a long, long time ago. Mike Kelly's response to, and the column goes on, but Mike Kelly's response, I don't get it. The same people who are all up in arms that they're changing to a single lug wheel next year. Are they the same people using a flip phone, pl- uh, playing Atari 2600 and driving a 72 Pinto? Newsflash, things change. It's okay. Is this not what yeah, we're see, all I thinking? I agree with all
2: that. Yes. I agree with all that. And if you want to get to the, to the lug nut discussion, when they announced this, my initial response was, well, thank God. It's about time. NASCAR's behind the curve on that whole thing, oh, by the way. And not only that, but it you know, again, it's the same for everybody. Everybody thought that they were going to now be doing indie or Formula One style pit stops. No, it's still five guys over the wall. And even the pit stop speed isn't going to change much because it's going to take more revs on that one nut to make sure it's tight. So when you factor that in. You're, you're not going to pick up more than a second or two at most on the pit stops probably. And even if you do, everybody's going to pick it up and we're still going to have, it's still going to look the same. I mean, people are, some people just argue about everything. It, this is a, an inconsequential change to the fans from the fans point of view into the race flow. It doesn't make any difference. Let it go. It's better for the competition, and it's better for the wheels and the stability of the cars. For crying out loud, can we just give NASCAR
1: a win on something here? No, because that's how these fans are, Tom. Come on, you should know that. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Anyhow, the, the other big thing about the single lug wheel, there's actually a safety component and a general physics component to this as well that I'll get to that explanation in the next segment because if I tried to explain it now I'd break my clock and unfortunately since I'm producing I don't want to do that so we're going to step aside and not break my head and when we come back I'll talk about safety in regards to the single lug wheel and a whole lot more here on Motorsports Madness sit tight
4: At what age and size should a child start using a booster seat?
5: Don't assume you know it all when it comes to car seats for your child. Go to safercar.gov the right seat and know for sure. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council.
1: Hi, I'm Jesse Love, and you're listening to Race Chaser Radio. Now back to the show. Welcome back to Motorsports Madness, powered by mycomputercareer.edu. Training for a better life, Jacob Seelman, Tom Baker, and the show that just has no shortage of material to talk about this week because, well, NASCAR, everybody. And we're going to continue our uh, romp through the newswire with the point that I was going to make just before we had to go to break. Uh, From a safety standpoint, Tom, as we talk about the next-gen car, NASCAR had to go to the single-lug wheel, because of the 18-inch wheels they're using. They're using an aluminum alloy, which would be put under so much stress if you used a five-lug wheel, it would break. And we don't want broken wheels on race cars now, do we? This is a safety thing. Hello? Well,
2: exactly. I
1: mean, that's exactly the
2: the point here, is this was not done because somebody just woke up one morning and said, we want we only want to deal with one lug nut this was done because that type of a setup matches up from a stability and 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 durability standpoint with the bigger wheels now again you have a portion of the peanut gallery that well why do we go to those wheels anyway it's well <laughs> Whatever. I mean, we could take up this whole show trying to explain all the logical reasons why when you start to look at a car like this, you end up with those wheels. And then because you have those wheels, you end up with a one lug nut system. And we still wouldn't change anybody's mind. But it's it's just what was necessary in order to make this as safe and stable as it needs to be. Um, what NASCAR what they found is when they tested the multiple lug nut setup with the aluminum wheel, that the wheel was thirty percent less durable and more likely to run into an issue. We want teams to be able to reuse these these wheels, obviously, over and over and over. And so, again, this is really about just what's best for the new car and the new situation that we have. Um. Again, I don't care. I mean, like, I, I'm totally fine with one lug nut. Just, you know, let's let's just focus on the bigger things at hand. Like, is the racing going to be better? And that's really where I feel like we're at here is I think we're at a point where we're focusing NASCAR is trying to improve the racing. Now, William Byron gave a lot of the same feedback that the other two guys did about the car being easier to spin out. And guess what? William proved it
1: <laughs> because, well, look, he spun out.
2: <laughs> yes. He actually spun the car out. Uh, you know, it's um, it, again, this, I think this car is going to be a much different animal for these guys. And, you know, we're going to have to run some races before we know exactly what we have. Right. But it's less aerodynamic, less side force, it's much more focused on putting the driver input back to front and center, where it should be, we want more drivers to make mistakes. We want it to be much harder to drive. We want guys to be more inconsistent with their lap times. Why? Because that's how you get passing. I mean, that's really, you know, that's really what this comes down to. And you know, anytime you have a car, of, in any, of any type that's basically so stuck to the track that almost anybody can drive it and not spin it out. It makes it harder to pass because that means everybody's basically running the same speed, the same line, and it just depends on air. And so then when you get behind another car in front, all that air is messing your car up. Well, then this is why we get these big pack, big crashes like we have. So, I mean, I think we all just need to kind of relax a little bit let this process play out. Let the car be finalized. Let's get some some multiple car situations going where they can start to see how they race with each other. And you know, let's just let's just give this thing a chance to work. I mean I everybody complains about what we have now. So now they're doing something different. Everybody's complaining about that. <laughs> you just can't win with some people. But for those who are willing to except that times change, things change, and you just want to make the best of the situation you dealt. Um, you know, I think I think we're on to something. It feels that way. The feedback would suggest that. So let's see where it goes. I think we got a, a great opportunity in 21, and I think everything I've seen this week in the news um, just makes it more encouraging. I also love the fact that there were almost 5 million viewers that watched the race in California this past uh, weekend. So I'm pretty excited about that too, because that's a harder one 4.8 million than it would have been 10 years ago because less people have cable now. So, you know, that, that, that means you're drawing from a smaller pool of people and, and you get those kind of numbers. NASCAR is getting some interest again. And that, I think that's a good thing.
1: How did those have you seen how those numbers compared to uh, 2019? Was that a year over year increase compared to the third race of the year? Do we know?
2: I don't. I just saw the number itself. I've got to believe it's an increase because although, you know, everybody kept complaining even last year, but the first, I don't know if it was four out of six or five out of six, Um, I'd have to go back and look. But the first either four out of six race weekends or five out of six, I can't remember what it was. NASCAR cup race was the highest uh, watched sport event of the weekend. So, you know, this whole fallacy that NASCAR's dying. When you hear somebody say that, laugh at them. It's false. NASCAR is adapting. They're trying to adapt. And if you really look at NASCAR's history, Jacob, recent history, yeah, we made some changes. We keep changing the package, but the cars have been the same for ages now. So it was time for NASCAR to look at what can we do to modernize the car and get into the 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 correct sort of frame of mind with all of this, um technologically without totally destroying the racing. And I, I really think NASCAR's, I think they're, they're, they've got the right mindset. They're trying to, to take cost out of the competition. They're trying to bring some other tracks back. They're trying to put more variety in the schedule. They're trying to be cost conscious a little bit more. So for the fans, for the teams, I mean, the, there's a lot going on right now, uh, and in, in the, in the automotive arena. And I really think we got to give NASCAR an opportunity to finish what they're doing in, in, reset. And so I'm not scared of losing some tradition. I would be all for shortening races. I would be all for more midweek shows. If that's what everybody decided they wanted to do. Um, you know, I think NASCAR, NASCAR's is trying to position itself for the long term. And so all of these fans that want what we had 20 years ago, sorry, folks, it ain't going to happen. But I do think we can get the racing back to where side by side competition and passing are not at a premium. And, you know. I think we do that by making the cars more miserable to drive, which will probably make some of the drivers mad. But the ones that understand the big picture realize that's how it has to be, you know. And so um, I don't know, Jacob, I just I feel really I'm intrigued by all of this. And there's going to be a lot of fresh reason to pay attention to NASCAR in twenty twenty one.
1: So can can I I I happened to see something on Twitter just now, and it made me I I sure. it made me laugh out loud. So I I wanted to just completely dive away from the racing sphere for a minute and offer this uh, dose of levity and humor into tonight's motorsports madness show. This headline just in: Florida man arrested after asking police officer to ch- <laughs> to check his meth for coronavirus contamination. <laughs> Wow. (laughs) Hashtag dumb idea. (laughs) Like I said, I I read that and I literally laughed out loud. Wow. That's one of those where you ask yourself how somebody can be that stupid and then you read it and go, oh, well. Well... You know, it's uh, I, I have about
2: a million great responses to that, but since this is a racing show, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna laugh at it and we can move on, but that is an example of a like I said, hashtag dumb
1: idea. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Any um hey yeah, I I probably, have You re- probably should think twice before yeah. you do that. Hey, I have a really good segue off your hashtag dumb idea, by the way. Okay. This just in as well. Brian France has filed a lawsuit against the owner of at Drunk Brian France on Twitter, suing for defamation and damages and other such things that make me shake my head and go, just when you thought he couldn't make himself look bad again. It's like, Brian, dude, It literally says parody account in the bio. Anybody that actually thinks this is you, well, they're a special kind of special.
2: (laughs) Well, here's the problem we have. You know, I saw that too. And my first thought is that, you know, we, we see parody all the time. We see it Saturday Night Live. Comedians do, that's, You know, Johnny Carson made three decades doing parodies um, on The Tonight Show. I my concern here is that basically Brian is suing a Twitter account. Um, You know, obviously there's a real person behind that. Um, It'll be interesting to see where this goes, because uh, if if this becomes a big issue, and overwhelmingly gets decided in Brian's favor. You're going to see an awful lot of people that are going to test this, um, you know, with other types of parody. And, you know, First Amendment's got to come in here somewhere. I, I'm concerned, honestly. And I, I really think Brian, honestly, would have done himself a much better service if he had actually made friends with the guy and started to somehow interact with him on Twitter um, because sometimes it's better to be willing to self deprecate in the name of humor than it is to attack humor as, you know, being something evil. And I, I just, this is going to be a very interesting case to watch. I think it's a shame that Brian Feldy had to do that because I don't really think this account has done anything to Brian France that's uh, very injurious. Nobody actually believes it's actually him. That's silly.
1: Well, uh, there are a few people who believe it's Brian. But like I said, that just I I have no comment for those people because at the end of the day, they they don't fall under the purview of people that I want to spend any more than about the five seconds we just have on this show talking about them. Yeah. (laughs)
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I, I just don't get it.
1: I, I don't get it either. Dave Moody is actually behind this lawsuit because he's been one that was uh, bitten in a bad way by one of those uh, parody accounts that was doing a lot more than just making light humor of him. But uh, that that's a debate we can get into Another time as it is we are coming up on another commercial break. By the way, coming up in a little bit on this show, we're going to be talking with Musty Racing sprint car driver Charlie Schultz on the strutmasters.com hotline. You won't want to miss that. Right now though, these words and we'll be back with more motorsports madness right after this.
2: MyComputerCareer.edu, That's MyComputerCareer.edu.
4: For more information on firearm storage safety, visit ncpc.org. This message brought to you by the National Crime Prevention Council, the Bureau of Justice Assistance, and the Ag Council. Hi, this is
0: Ross Chastain. You're listening to the Race Chaser Radio. Now back to the show.
1: Hey, Melon Man bringing us back from commercial break. Welcome back to Motorsports Madness, powered by mycomputercareer.edu. Training for a better life, Jacob Seelman, Tom Baker, and we still have a lot more show left to go. So if you're just tuning in, uh, don't go anywhere because there's still almost a whole other hour left. But I I saw this on Twitter during the break that also made me laugh that this does have to do with our show, by the way. Road courses at Daytona, parody accounts getting sued, people getting upset about nuts. Is NASCAR becoming a a reality? TV show, if it is, I hope it becomes some kind of Netflix original, because this is hilarious.
2: <laughs> well, actually, I would have thought that the idea that there's going to be 80% less nuts in the pit area next year than there have been in the past would be considered a good thing, but apparently uh, some people don't agree with that.
1: <laughs> well, you know, there there are some things that we just can't convince people of, even if they're true. Anyhow. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. It's been fun, and this is not even getting into the whole seven-time-might-have-a-new-job-for-2021, at least on a couple weekends for the year discussion. We'll get into that a little bit uh, as we go through the show as well, because, well, he's only been hinting about it since before the Daytona 500. But, uh, and like I said, we'll we'll get to that in a little bit. Um, coming up, though, here, uh, once we get into the second half of the show, we are going to have uh, must-see racing sprint car driver Charlie Schultz on the strutmasters.com hotline, by the way, Tom. And this is this is going to be cool because it's been a while since we've been able to promote uh, Must on this particular show, but we've got a couple of big shows coming later this summer at LucasOil Raceway in Indianapolis that are good. just, I can't wait to get Charlie's thoughts on that because I'm already excited.
2: Yeah. Um, well, the June twentieth show is going to be really interesting um, because I know you guys are putting the M- 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 uh, must see <laughs> sprint show on Speed Sport. If I can get all that out, um, and uh, I'm working on something for the super modified portion of that, so it should be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to being at that show later in June.
1: Indeed. Uh, the June show actually going to feature non-winged must racing sprint cars, which is a first for us. We've never done that before, so that's going to be something as well that I'm really, really looking forward to. So uh, with that said, we have half the show done, half the show to go. We're going to step aside the second half of Motorsports Madness, powered by MyComputerCareer.edu, rolls on when we come back.
3: We're growing like crazy and need account reps who know their way around agencies, the internet, and social media. Got connections? Or do you know how to get to the decision makers? Are you fearless? We need you. Internet radio, or as we call it, wireless mobile radio, is rapidly becoming the place to be with almost limitless income potential. So contact us to get involved with the fastest-growing, professionally-produced group of internet radio stations in the world. Your imagination is the only limit here. Call 717-749-0444. That's 717-749-0444. Or you can email us at scorpionradiogroup@gmail.com. at gmail.com. You want to ask for Sue. Okay, so Sarah, I'm dropping you off at Emily's? Yep. Yeah. And Josh, you're going to?
0: Soccer, Dad.
6: persuasion
0: okay okay we're buckling up see all buckled
6: good choice i'll just have to do my dad dance at dinner time.
0: what what no
6: do what you have to to make sure your kids are wearing their seatbelts, even on short drives never give up until they buckle up a message from the national highway traffic safety administration and the ad council visit safercar.gov kids buckle up for more information
2: is your job sucking the life out of you wake up you can do something else
0: Hi, I'm Casey Kane, and you're listening to Race Chaser Radio. Now back to the show.
1: Oh, hi. That's us. Welcome back to Motorsports Madness, powered by mycomputergear.edu, training for a better life. Jacob Seelman, Tom Baker, and if you're just joining us, this is uh, right past the halfway point of our program, which means, Tom, it's time to reboot me. Not really, because I actually have done a pretty good job so far tonight. But if you ever wanted to learn how to reboot me, well, our friends at My Computer Career could probably help you with that.
2: (laughs) Well, that's true. My Computer Career might be able to uh, help you with that. If you are looking for a new career, whether it's a changing career or maybe a first time career, mycomputercareer.edu may hold the key to that. You can go to mycomputercareer.edu, take a free career evaluation test. And if IT or the idea of working with computers interests you, and keep in mind, this is a field that is growing. There is way more demand right now for workers in this field for for qualified people to take jobs than there are supply of people to fill the jobs. There are over 2 million unfilled jobs in this country in cybersecurity alone right now so this is a great change of career that could pay you well and b- just help you to have a better life that's why my computer career says training for a better life pretty simple really you go to my computer take a free career evaluation test if you decide to pursue training my computer career helps you from start to finish. There is financial aid available if you qualify, including the GI Bill. Once you start training, you can do so in as little as a few days a week, not even full time, online or at one of their seven campuses across the country. When it's time, you've completed your training and it's time to enter the workforce. My computer career also works with hundreds of employers to get you placed into your new position. My computer career is training for a better life. I visited the Raleigh campus. I have talked with students that have come through that program. They are working, they're happy. And they're just glad that they took the opportunity to get this training. MyComputerCareer.edu, thank you to them for being partners with us here for our, our Race Chaser programming, Jacob. And good thing we haven't had to reboot you yet. I think it's time for a
1: break. It is. We'll talk with Charlie Schultz on the Strutmasters Hotline right after this.
3: You own a performance car and you know how to drive, but you want to learn real performance driving.
0: but it's those tough choices that help me prepare for challenges I would face as a cup driver. Make the right choices today and be ready for the challenges tomorrow. This message is brought to you by the U.S. Air Force. Hey, this is Reed Wilson and you're listening to Race Chaser Radio. Now back to the show. Yeehaw.
1: Okay, so that's the moment where I sit back and and realize when I had to recut the re-entry that Randy Miller just made a guest appearance and he's never even going to know it because that was the show where he yeehawed coming out of break and Tom and I just looked at Randy like he grew three heads. Anyhow, (laughs) Welcome back to Motorsports Madness powered by my computer career. And that's the uh, definition of an inside joke around this roundtable. Jacob Seelman, Tom Baker with you. And I hope God willing technology is all cooperating with us here that on the strutmasters.com hotline, we have former super modified champion, current Musty racing sprint car series driver and jack of all trades master of less than none. Charlie Schultz joining us. Hopefully Charlie, are you out there?
3: Yes,
7: I am. How are you doing tonight?
1: fantastic we are wonderful sir and i hope you are well also uh welcome to the show by the way we've talked about doing this for good grief i don't know how long but uh it's good to finally make it happen first off and second off my question to you to start things off is how much time have you spent in the shop over the past two weeks and how antsy are you to get down to alabama in april so we can finally kick this season off
7: well, we, we did spend a lot of time in the shop the last couple of weeks, but it was getting go-kart stuff ready for the last two indoor races of the season, which we just finished up at Columbus last weekend. Uh, but getting, getting excited. Uh, in fact, I'm working on putting in a fuel injection manifold together right now.
1: All right. I'm already excited about this. I'm sure you and, uh, you and Riser, I, I imagine have been trying to come up with uh, tricks of the trade to make everything go a little bit faster. I mean, you're, you're close. We know that we've talked about you being, you know, right, right close to having your fingertips in that championship fight. And it just seems like the last two years it's been missing that last tiny little bit, huh?
7: Yeah. I mean, obviously last year or this past season, we didn't pick up a win, but I felt like we were a lot more consistent. Um, but, uh, the you know, year before we were able to get a, a victory. And then, uh, you know, last year with the points, you know, it seemed like everybody in the top five, I think, had at least one bad night. You know, and if we not had a bad night, we could have capitalized on it. And, uh, you know, been a little bit better. But, uh, yeah, I mean, we're just we're right there, just missing a little bit.
1: For you, we – the watershed moment, of course, was the win that you referenced back at Berlin in 2018. Uh, for those who didn't happen to see that race on fanschoice.tv, uh, take us back to that one, because I feel like that was really the the turning point of, before that, everybody kind of talked about Charlie Schultz as being a, a super modified guy, and I felt like that was the moment where we said, okay, Charlie's a sprint car guy now. He's a, He's found the way to victory lane.
7: Yeah, I mean obviously grew up running pavement sprint cars i mean that's what i did before went to running supers and you know just you you take a super modify and it's a lot different beast to drive and you learn a lot of i don't necessarily want to say bad habits but you learn some different habits on on car control and things you can and can't do with a super and then you come back to a pavement sprint car and it's you got to relearn yourself and it took me a little bit i guess maybe that's a sign of getting a little bit older you it takes a little longer to relearn things but um you know we we had a good night everything was was kind of on point that night you know we had a few things go our way and um you know we we were back close again this year at Berlin we ended up uh, on the podium one night um you know we're always trying different things you know trying to make make the thing better at any racetrack and you know we would probably you know go to our home track at Sandusky and you know Got thousands of laps around the place, and you know we we're pushing off for the feature and break a roll pin in the magneto. You know, just just dumb luck. But uh, yeah, I mean, like I said, I think we're there. We're we're close. I mean, obviously we're uh, a consistent top five car. Just need to be a consistent top three car, and our qualifying game has gotten better, and just you know overall things gotten better. Charlie,
2: this is Tom Baker. I grew up in Oswego as a '70s kid, going to the speedway to watch supermodel fides and. Um remember well when you came to a Swiggo uh to run the the Supers uh I'm curious what your thoughts are about the Super Modifieds as a as a race car and uh you were always fun to watch uh talk about your time in the Super Modifieds and uh some things that you remember about all of that
7: Yeah I mean obviously you know it it like I said it's a totally different beast it's uh you know, I got the the opportunity to race a Super for you know close to 15 years for yeah. two great owners um you know obviously with david and Lori may they were the first ones to take me to oswego um it wasn't real kind to me at first um but obviously the the more you go to any place that the the better you get uh you get better at any racetrack and you know we went up there for the inaugural king of wings race and i remember david just you know ten thousand to win and he was just adamant that they should take that money and split it up throughout the purse and you know we go up there and we won you know won the race and team car finished second and you know we walked out of there with a lot of money and now i think he was glad that uh they didn't change the payout that night
2: <laughs> yeah i could imagine he was it was uh that was kind of one of those things where you you're, you're glad you don't get your wish at that point but Um, you had, like you said, you had a little bit of success there with the wing and, uh, you know, it's, it, Oswego is such a, a different, um, experience from any other racetrack that you run in a super modified. Uh, I've got to believe it was a real challenge for you when you first set foot there.
7: Uh, yeah, I mean, it was obviously a lot of people are imitated by the, you know, the hub rail all the way around the inside and the, the steel wall on the outside. I mean, they don't call it the steel palace for nothing um but you know i grew up i cut my teeth at marion indoor fairgrounds racing go-karts and i mean we yeah. used to run with a 10 foot high concrete wall around the outside and an arm of steel guardrail around the inside so you know you get pretty used to it as a young age and you, you walk into place and other than just the, the stigmatism of oswego itself you know it, it's a little bit overwhelming but you know it's it's like any other big fast racetrack um once you get comfortable there and you kind of learn the the nuances of the place it it can be just as good as any other racetrack would
2: you would you get back into supers again if you had an opportunity because obviously they've changed a little bit since uh you were driving them a lot more aero-dependent and such
7: yeah i mean the the cars they've really changed their role package with going to the tail mounted wing um you know the car that i ran for david up there you know was was an older matt's car it was a yep. you know car that doug, doug Didero had won the track championship with um you know so obviously it was it was outdated by that time and uh you know i would I, i'm always up for any opportunity to race anything but you know concentrating on the on the pavement stuff you know the shop's close to home it's sure. you know, close to work i mean i don't have to bad thing with with dave and Lori was the shop was an hour and a half one way from from my house oh, wow. so you know, you make that drive for three, four nights a week for 12 years, and you get burned out, and that's just what happens.
1: Charlie, uh, to circle back to pavement sprint cars now for a minute, uh, when you left the May operation and decided, hey, I'm going to gonna jump in, and you and Riser started working on this sprint car deal, was was there ever a point where you sat back on your heels and asked yourself, oh, gosh, what have I just gotten myself into?
7: Um, no, not really. I mean, uh, you know, like I said, the, the equipment that Dave and Lori had, um, you know, at one time it was top of the line, but, you know, by the time I'd come along, it was starting to get a little bit dated and, and we did what we could with, with what was there. And, uh, you know, short of building a brand new race car, you know, that, that car was maxed out. Um, you know, I I really feel like with the program that John and I have now, I mean, you know, we have a good engine program, the chassis program, shocks, you know, just, we have a, some good people that help us and um you know I don't I i don't really think that I made any bad move. Um obviously, you know, time wise it's a lot closer for me and it's just as much fun. You get to race with, you know, anywhere from eighteen to twenty plus cars a night, you know, supers, the car counts are struggling. Um so it's you know, you're racing against ten twelve cars, but uh I I, I really can't look back and say that it was a bad choice.
1: See, if if John's listening to this, I'm going to get a text message during our next break, and he's going to go, what are you trying to throw me under the bus for?
7: He's actually standing right here in the shop with us, so.
1: Then I'm glad he didn't hear what I just said. He'll, go, he'll just go back and listen to it later and ask me why I was trying to throw him under the bus. And it's because we love John, <laughs> so it's okay. Uh, Anyhow, Charlie, uh, if you can, hang tight for a minute. we got to slide in a quick commercial break here, but I do have a couple more Musty-related questions with you on the other other side of a break here, so we'll hang tight. We are talking with Musty Racing Sprint Car Series regular Charlie Schultz on the strutmasters.com hotline, and when we continue, we'll have more with Charlie here on Motorsports Madness powered by mycomputercareer.edu, so we'll step out, take this commercial break, and come back with more of the show right after this.
2: Their representatives are experts on making your track driving as safe as possible. With locations in Mooresville, North Carolina, and Danvers, Massachusetts, the staff at HMS is always ready to take the time and help you find the right product for your specific safety needs. You have family and friends who care about you, so don't settle for second when it comes to motorsport safety. Just stop in to HMS Motorsport, visit them on their website at hmsmotorsport.com or send them a message on Facebook. Tell them the folks from Race Chaser Media set ya.
0: Hi, this is John Andrasik of Five for Fighting, here for RAD, the entertainment industry's voice for road safety. You know, style is a personal thing, and your lifestyle is your business. But if you take it on the road, it becomes everybody's business. So please, plan ahead, designate before you celebrate. Friends don't let friends drive drunk.
5: A public service announcement brought to you by RAD, the National Association of Broadcasters, and the Ad Council.
1: Hi, I'm Cody Connor, and you're listening to Race Chaser Radio. Now back to the show. Blues Hour. I dig it. Welcome back to Motorsports Madness, powered by MyComputerCareer.edu, training for a better life. Jacob Seelman. Tom Baker with you as we continue through tonight's show, joined on the strutmasters.com hotline by Mr. Charlie Schultz, who is one of our regulars with the Must Racing Sprint Car Series, running 410 pavement winged sprints throughout the Midwest, and one of the big shows that we are going to get to do, actually we'll get to do it twice this year, is uh, at Lucas Oil Raceway, one in May for the winged cars and one in June where we take the wings off. And, Charlie, I want to get your thoughts on LOR because I know that has been a source of much discussion for everybody over the course of the last couple of uh, months now since it's been announced. And I have to imagine, particularly that May show, you got to be excited about
7: Yeah. I mean, uh, it's been a long time. since I've been to, to, I mean, I'll call it Lucas oil, but, uh, you know, IRP, whatever you want to call it. Um, you know, I think the actually the one only time I ever raced there was a USAC non-wing sprint car race. Um, you know, back then they got enough cars that I didn't end up making the show. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm always excited about big, fast tracks. Um, it likens it a lot to, to Jennerstown. Um, you know, I, the non-wing thing, I mean, we're gonna go over and see what we can do and have some fun, and uh, but uh, the wing show, I mean, we're definitely gonna go there for for a win.
1: Now, for you, we you've obviously came into it at a time where the series has really had a lot of growth. The past, uh, 18 months to two years. I know you, you mentioned it running against 18 or 20 cars a night. Uh, there's a possibility when we get down to Montgomery here in about four weeks time, we could have 25 to 30, or maybe a couple more than that cars taking a stab at this opener. I mean that for you, as somebody who's really been a veteran that's been a part of this building process, uh, what, what does that say about what this series has gone through and kind of now evolved into over the past couple of years since you came on full time?
7: I mean, obviously I think Jim and Nancy and the entire staff have done a great job. I think a lot of it has to do with, uh, you know, like your side, the PR side of it. Um, you know, he's got good purse structure. He's got good start money. You know, it's, it's got a lot of good things going on for it. And, uh, I think that uh you know people are excited people want to come and race in front of you know with with a larger group of cars they want to race in front of crowds they you know it's it it goes hand in hand for sure
1: now looking at this for 2020, we mentioned earlier, you've been close in that points fight. Do, do you feel like there's one specific thing, or, or I guess I should ask, what's it going to take, you feel like, to make that last little leap and be able to really contend on a, on a weekly basis with Jimmy McCune and and Ryan Lit there and go after this championship in 2020?
7: Uh, I mean, I, I don't know if it's any one big thing. I think it's just a lot of little things. Um, you know, obviously, the, the more consistent you can be, you know, it got to the point there were some games going on there at the end of the year last year with some, you know, some qualifying and, and guys, you know, maybe not giving it their all. Um, I think with the new format that Must See is going to have this summer, uh, you know, that'll eliminate some of that. Um, you know, we've been pretty good on our qualifying. Um, you know, we've been in the top five most of the tracks we've been to. Uh, you know, missed out on fast time a couple couple times by just, you know, just a little bit. Um, I I think the biggest thing is just, you know, at the beginning of the race, getting through traffic and getting to the front to be able to contend for the wins is, is probably the biggest thing.
1: And as you mentioned, the new format, obviously going to uh, institute passing points for the heat races to help set the main event lineup. Uh, did, do you anticipate that really changing or altering? You know, the fast guys are still going to be fast, I think we'll see. But are, are you excited to see how that, you know, hopefully ups the ante a little bit in the heat races this year?
7: Yeah, I mean, hopefully, you know, people want to see racing no matter if it's a heat race, uh, you know, a uh, dash or a feature you know and you get guys that are just out there they know they're locked in they know they're going to start an inversion or whatever and they kind of go out and ride around for a heat race and you know that's not a that's not a show for the fans that's not what they paid to see um I, i do believe that the the format that they've come up with this for this year that you're going to see some guys with passing points and you know maybe you'll see some guys that don't necessarily make it you know up far enough or they don't make the inversion due to the lack of points
1: all right so before we let you go we've made this a hallmark out of uh, all of our shows here on race chaser radio we want to give you uh, a a chance to shout out to the people that help get you to the racetrack each week and the partners that uh, support you on a regular basis so now's your time to do that Uh, shout outs thank yous who makes racing happen for charlie schultz
7: well obviously my mom and dad you know my dad especially you know he's Helped me a ton over the years, especially here in the last couple of years since we decided to start running the pavement car again, and you know, with helped me with the engine stuff. And Matthew, John and uh, Adam. I mean, we you know work week in, week out, day after day. You know, at the shop, putting in the hours. Um, you know, we have a lot of great sponsors between FK Rod Ends, um, you know, uh, Ultimate Headers. You know, great custom header place, Engler Injections. I mean, just. The list is kind of endless, actually. I mean, there's a few car stickers on the car, but I mean, there's a lot of people that, you know, just even little bits of help is is huge for us.
1: Well, we appreciate you taking a, a couple minutes or a little bit of time out of your schedule tonight. I know you guys have had a lot going on at the race shop, getting ready for the new year. But uh, like I said, we appreciate it, and we'll look forward to seeing you here uh, down at Montgomery in just a couple of weeks.
7: Absolutely, and I want to give my girlfriend a shout out. She just had back surgery on Monday, and She's been pretty bummed out that she hasn't been able to help much at the shop here. But uh, she's on the mend, and hopefully she'll be 100% at the, at the racetrack.
1: I'm glad you added that because I didn't want to have to throw you under the bus and get an angry text <laughs> message from Debbie later going, Why didn't he say anything about me? <laughs> like I said, we appreciate all the good. time. Now all
7: we got to do is find an announcer for this summer, I hear.
1: Uh, I, I don't know. I may know a guy. <laughs> We'll be all right. Thanks again, Charlie. We appreciate your time.
7: Thank you very much, guys. I appreciate it.
1: We'll all see right. you soon. Yes, sir. That is uh, charging Charlie Schultz, who uh, certainly has made no shortage of waves on the musty racing sprint car scene. And Tom, you mentioned uh, earlier, I think, a lot of excitement uh, across all sides from the two shows we've got coming up at, at Lucas Oil Raceway. And and to me, you know, musty as a series, I, I've I've said. A this to a few people the last couple years that i feel like we've been kind of looking for a cornerstone to the schedule something we can say hey this this is our marquee and i really feel like lucas oil raceway and being able to have some time there and two races at that racetrack this year really gives the series that finally you know that little extra piece that it was missing from the crown
2: oh i would agree i mean i think i think every series needs the one big event that that everybody it's their super bowl and again you know the musty series better than i do but i think you know that has the potential to be it i think in particular the the june 20th show where you bring in the musty sprint cars you bring in the super cup stock car series you bring in the um midwest super modified series and the midwest compact touring series which we can have a whole other discussion about that because that's kind of one of those people would look at that and go really a touring series for compact cars let me tell you those people are very serious and they they've got some car count and uh they're actually going to run it at Swigo on Classic Weekend now and Classic Saturday really? as well. And so that four bagger of a show for June 20th at LOR is going to be really, really cool for the fans that go see it.
1: I had not heard they were running on Classic Weekend. Wow. Boy, isn't that going to be a stage for them. Yes. Yes, so you
2: haven't been keeping up with Inside Groove, which is also a Race Chaser Radio uh, show that airs on Wednesday nights uh, as a podcast or as premieres on Wednesday nights. Yeah, we've been talking about that. That's, um, that was announced a few weeks ago, yeah, almost a month ago probably now. And, um, yeah, you're, they're going to pair that with the, uh, the Modifieds on Saturday and the 350 Super Modified Classic as well. So uh, that's going to be a nice show for um, the folks that go to Oswego on Saturday. But the Midwest uh, Compact Series, like I said, those guys take that really seriously, and it's a fun little deal. They're trying really hard to build that up. It's very affordable, and I think it's going to draw a really eclectic group of racers. Um, so, you know, again, that just makes it more uh, fun on June 20th to have them there as part of that show, Musy. Obviously I think in the Supers are gonna be the highlights, but what a what a four bagger of a show that is to have Super Cup and the Compact series uh on the on the same bill as well.
1: Yeah, no, that's that's gonna be huge and I'm I'm really, really excited and, and eager for, for all of this stuff to start Shaking out when we get to the month of June, and and that month of June show, of course, is a special non-winged, non-point show for CO, By the way, so you get the you get the Bobby Santoses and the Cody Swansons of the world that might not always have a winged ride to be able to run with us, but boy, you put some of those guys out there in their uh, purpose-built non-wing cars like they would run for the Little 500, and you are going to have competition on competition on competition on competition. Yes. Which, I, I'm like I said, I'm, I've been eager for a lot of things in the four years that I've worked with Must See. I have never been as eager for a show as we're going to see uh, with these two Lucas Oil shows, uh, May 9th and June 20th. And for a little shameless plug, by the way, both of those going to be live streamed via speedsport.tv. Uh, you can search must-see racing on speedsport.tv's website when we get a little bit closer. Pricing details, all that being fleshed out. And as soon as those are available, we will make sure that the general public and mass gets a hold of those. Right now, though, however, we got to step aside, do a little bit of business. When we return, Jimmy Johnson and IndyCars? Yes, that was a thing this week, too. We'll tell you all about it when we come back. How to be a great dad in 15 seconds.
2: HMS serves a majority of NASCAR, IndyCar, and IMSA WeatherTech teams, as well as countless SCCA and club-level racers and driving enthusiasts throughout North America. Their representatives are experts on making your track driving as safe as possible. You have family and friends who care about you, so don't settle for second when it comes to motorsports safety. Stop into HMS Motorsport, visit them on their website at HMSMotorsport.com or send them a Facebook message and tell them the folks from Race Chaser Media
0: sent
1: you. How to deal with someone who says that's so gay. Outsmart them.
5: This party is like so gay. Totally.
0: Excuse me, but did you ladies know the word gay used to mean happy or excited? Then it became a word used to describe gay people. Then somehow it came to mean dumb or stupid, which is how you just used it, which is not very nice.
5: Ew, that guy is on the football team and super smart, and he totally hates us now. Totally.
1: When you say that's so gay, do you realize what you say? Knock it off. Learn more at thinkbeforeyouspeak.com.
0: Hi, this is Derek Gross, and you're listening to Race Chaser Radio. Now back to the show.
1: Welcome back to Motorsports Madness, powered by mycomputercareer.edu. Training for a Better Life, Jacob Seelman and Tom Baker. Still with you, and I said during the last segment, Jimmy Johnson plus IndyCars? That was a thing on the Newswire this week too, Tom, because, and this is a two-part thing here, because earlier in the week, Jimmy Johnson uh, teased a picture of a McLaren IndyCar, or I uh, formally an Aero McLaren SP IndyCar, and then when asked about it by a fan, what does this mean? Jimmy said, it means my friends at Aero McLaren SP are letting me test next month at Barber Motorsports Park. That was the first bang. The second bang came courtesy of Adam Stern in the Sports Business Journal earlier today, Thursday, as this show airs live, with the fact that Aero McLaren SP has secured from Dryer and Reinbold Racing the number 48, which was most recently used by Dryer and Reinbold in an IndyCar event. For potential future use. And now we, the fan base, ask ourselves how long, pray tell, before Jimmy Johnson runs in a McLaren Indy car <clears throat> 2021, please? <laughs> well, one would
2: think that that would at least be a reasonable conversation that we could have because Jimmy seems mighty anxious to do this. I mean, obviously you want to go test an Indy car, but I, I don't think he's doing this just for kicks. Uh, especially if McLaren has secured the number from Dryer and Reimbold, you know, there's, there's something coming here. And, uh, I think it would be reasonable to assume that could happen as early as 2021. Now, I think that Jimmy's more interested in running the road course and street course type of race in an Indy car than he is in running ovals. I do not expect that we are probably going to see him run an Indy 500 um, or any other oval for that matter. Um, Based upon what Jimmy has said in the past, I think we would be more likely to see him at a Barber Motorsports Park or some other rotor street course, that seems to be what is interesting to him about running in an indie car, and I surely don't expect it to be a a large number of races. I, I could see maybe, you know, one or or a few rather than a lot. I think Jimmy wants to go and try some different things. I could see him in a, in a in the Rolex or in a sports car type situation in an indie car a little bit. You know, I think Jimmy wants to experience a few of these things while he's still in good enough physical shape and still has his sort of skill level um, to be able to to run competitively in a race car. So I think that's where you see him uh, focus his energies. If he's going to run an IndyCar race, it's probably going to be a left and right turn kind of deal.
1: Now, with that said, staying on the Jimmy Johnson subject, and I agree with you, by the way, he's he has said more than once that the time of potentially running the Indy 500 has passed him by. But, you know, a Barber, a Detroit, a Road America, you know, some of these places where it would be really cool. Yeah, Mid-Ohio, Long Beach, places like that, you know, that have the history and the technicality. You know, Jimmy said after the car swap that he did with Fernando Alonso at, uh, oh gosh, Bahrain, I, I knew I would think of it after a second at Bahrain uh, following the end of the NASCAR season a couple years ago, you know that, that he was just in awe of the skill level it takes to wheel a, a single seater around a, a technical road course. Like that, and it just you know was something that had really reignited his passion for things like that in a way. So I you know I do think we'll see. I could see two or three maybe you know if you get the right two or three uh, two or three race package out of uh, Aero McLaren or you know I think it'll be probably with Aero McLaren because Jimmy and uh, Zach Brown are, are fairly good friends. Of course, Jimmy went out to uh, spring training testing there at uh, Coda before the start of the season uh, with. Zach on McLaren's invitation. So I I do think when... And I think it will be a when, not an if... We see yes. that happen. It'll be with Arrow McLaren SP in a third car, and I think that's testing the waters because Sam Schmidt, the co-owner of that team, has made no bones about the fact he wants to run three cars full-time at some point, and having somebody like Jimmy in a third car, maybe you package that deal and run the third car full-time just with a rotation of drivers in 2021, or maybe run it maybe not full-time, but in a decent you know healthy number of races to get closer to that full time maybe in 2022 sort of a deal it's a, it's a whole pandora's box of things that we can look at with that but it opens up the jimmy johnson subject a little bit further tom that i wanted to get to in this segment because He's run really darn good in these first three races of the season. He was awful competitive for a long time in the Daytona 500 before he got crashed out. Of course, we know that's Daytona. So I wanted to wait and see what we had after a couple races of the West Coast Swing. Well, he goes to Vegas. He's pretty darn competitive and gets some really good stage points. We go to Fontana. He runs in the top five virtually all day, and if not for a couple of setup things that didn't quite fall their way on the last run and the absolute dominance of his teammate Alex Bowman, I think Jimmy Johnson comes out of there with even a better finish than the seventh place he ended up with. But, I, you know, he hasn't won yet. But good grief, this is looking an awful lot more like the old Jimmy Johnson than the Jimmy Johnson we've seen the past three years. Am I wrong?
2: Well, no, you're not wrong. And And I predicted before the season that he would Uh, that whole Hendrick organization would be much stronger out of the box this year than they'd been. Um, And I also picked Jimmy in the final four at uh, Phoenix at the end of the year. I look, there was never a question of Jimmy's skill. It was always a situation where we understood that it was a performance issue at Hendrick Motorsports. It wasn't just the 48. All of the teams were off for about a year, a year and a half. And as last year kind of got going and we got into the summer, then you started to see the uptick again. And so there was never a doubt for me um, that, that they would make it all the way back. Um, I think Jimmy Johnson runs well the rest of the year, to be honest. I, I just, I I believe he'll win at least one. Um, Jimmy is still as sharp as a tack and You know, we go back to the IndyCar discussion for a minute. It kind of shows you sometimes you see, you know, people on Twitter, it's like, duh. You know, somebody put out the question, well, who would sponsor Jimmy in an IndyCar? And it's like, dude, you don't understand anything about marketing or branding, do you? Jimmy would have, I believe Jimmy would have sponsors lined up with their tongues hanging out waiting to sponsor that deal because, It would get more eyes and more views and more shares and more comments on social media than anything he probably is even doing in NASCAR at this point.
1: Oh, absolutely. No no question about that. Not that we have to worry because McLaren could crack open a piggy bank and make that happen, even oh, if there sure. wasn't a sponsor. But I'm not I worried just about thought the I it was a silly yeah. question. It's like, come on now. Oh, it's a totally <laughs> silly know? question. And, and, and I can't wait to see it. I'm so looking forward to that in 2021. And I believe it will ignite even more interest in IndyCar than IndyCar itself is already generating. Now, uh, by the way... Uh, And we can get to this a little bit more in a minute. I I don't want to completely disappear from the Hendrick train of thought, but uh, we do have, by my math, already 33 entries for the Indianapolis 500 2020. I love it. I I know. We'll get to that in a second. Before we leave the Hendrick train completely, thoughts on Alex Bowman at Fontana. Was that a statement win, Tom, do you feel like? Because I do. Well, I do, too. I mean, any win is a statement win, isn't it? I mean, I I think we
2: overuse that phrase. That's one of those new buzz phrases that I think gets overused in today's vernacular. Any win to me is a statement win. But sure, Alex Bowman did a great job. And that's a team that was really looking like a championship caliber team last year. Again, it just took really the entire season for them to start to develop some sort of consistency in their performance. And then of course we gave them the new nose for this year. And that seems to have done the trick for for Hendrick Motorsports anyway. Mm-hmm. And I think that Alex again will be a factor going that, you know, this was a, a driver that some people thought would be out of the car because he lost nation they lost nationwide as a sponsor there were people saying, well, you know, this guy's available and that guy's available. Maybe they'll just get rid of Alex because they don't have sponsorship. Rick Hendricks never had trouble finding sponsorship. And I bet that he'll have even less trouble finding sponsorship for Alex Bowman by the end of this year. Alex is not going anywhere. Neither is William Byron. Um, Those guys, and of course, Chase Elliott, those guys are there for the long haul. The only question is who's going to drive the 48 because Jimmy Johnson's out the door after this year as a full-time racer and you know wants to do some other things so i think alex bowman yes it was a statement win yes it was legit yes he's gonna win again before the year's out uh the only question for me honestly out of that whole deal on sunday or the biggest question when is Ryan Blaney going to have Lady Luck fall his way? He should have won at least three races already.
1: Oh my gosh, yeah. Ryan Blaney's the one driver, I feel like, that's been an absolute constant this entire season so far. Yes. And, and that's you know that's great to see for Ryan Blaney. I said from the beginning, I thought that he got the, the golden egg out of that crew chief shuffle at uh, Team Penske, and I think he's totally proving it right now with the job yes. that they've done so far in that 12 car. Now, I. I we We've got about three minutes left in this segment. I want to play a little uh, quick hit buy or sell with you. Are you buying or selling that Jimmy Johnson, uh, well, I, I guess you're you're already going to be buying it. Are you buying or selling that he contends to win a championship at Phoenix?
2: Well, I've got him in my top four at the end of the year, so I'm obviously buying that.
1: All right, fair enough. Now, our, uh, David Wilson on Twitter after alex bowman's win said it's not that we've fallen off it's that everybody else has caught up to where toyota was are you buying or selling that theory
2: well i'm buying that too and i predicted that would happen eventually obviously you know i think it's taking ford just a slight bit longer for the most part though they're all very close but i think chevy definitely has at this point and You know, again, that's a good thing, not a bad thing. It just makes it much more competitive uh, all the way around, because let's face it, nobody wants to see any one group dominating and winning all the races like that, unless you're a fan of one of those drivers.
1: (laughs) Fair enough. Now, last buy or sell here, and then we'll quick make our picks for the weekend. The Xfinity Series version of Ryan Blaney so far this year is Chase Briscoe, because he has one win and probably should have three wins by now. Chase Briscoe made the assertion that he felt he could win eight to ten this year and needed to in order to keep his job. Are you buying or selling that theory? Um,
2: I'm, I'm selling both. I don't think he's going to win eight to ten times. I just think there's too much competition. Uh, so I'm selling that, and I'm definitely selling that he needs to win eight to 10 to keep his job. I just, I, I don't believe that for a second. I think if he goes out and runs for a championship wins three or four or five races, proves that he is capable of um, running at the next level, he'll eventually get there. I just, I don't, I think that's silly that he's got to win eight to 10 times. If that's been told to him, shame on Stuart Haas and Ford, because I think that seriously, underestimates the amount of competition we have in that series this year. So yeah, I, I think he can win four or five. I think eight to ten's a bit um a bit high.
1: All right. Fair enough. Now here watch how I'm gonna do this because I'm going to make my stuff real easy, and then we'll get Tom's picks for the weekend around the turn because we've only got about 20 seconds left in this segment. I'm taking all the low-hanging fruit because it's Phoenix, and I really feel that strongly that that's exactly what we're going to see. Kyle Busch is running the Xfinity race. Therefore, Kyle's going to win the Xfinity race. Kevin Harvick is a nine-time winner at Phoenix. Therefore, Kevin Harvick's going to win the cup race. So we'll take a break, and we'll get Tom's thoughts on picks right around the turn.
3: The Performance Motorsports Network is a compilation of shows about motorsports. From technical to controversial to just fun, everything you like about racing and gearhead stuff is right here on one internet channel. The Performance Motorsports Network. Tell your friends about it.
1: Hi, this is Chandler Smith, and you're listening to the Race Chaser Radio. Now back to the show. This lets me get in two fast nuggets before Tom gets his picks. Number 1, Chandler Smith running 8 races for Kyle Busch Motorsports this season, split between the 51 truck and the 46 truck. Number 2, Tony Stewart is coming out of NASCAR retirement at Indianapolis this summer. Woohoo! Okay, now Tom can make his picks.
2: <laughs> He's running the road course race in the Xfinity Series. Okay. <clears throat> well, my picks are slightly more complicated than yours, but not too much more complicated. In the Xfinity series, yeah, it's it's a sexy pick to pick Kyle Busch, but here's the deal. We just talked about Chase Briscoe. I think this is a track Chase Briscoe dominates, not just wins, dominates. Briscoe wins Xfinity, and on the cup side, also not buying the Bush and Harvick theory. New group of people now. Alex Bowman, two
1: in a row, wins at Phoenix really yes okay Bowman, Bowman the Showman. I suppose the track does owe him one after the Matt Kenseth-Alex Bowman clash a couple years ago when Bowman was subbing in the 88 car for Dale Jr. and pretty yes. well dominated that race. So I will give you yes. that one, and I am intrigued to see how that all shakes out. I also can't believe we're already done with this show. Holy crap, it feels like we just started. But this one's been a fun one. We had a lot of news to talk about. I love that. So... Uh, As always, thanks to Tom for uh, joining me at the proverbial roundtable here. Thanks to mycomputercareer.edu as well as our friends at Victory Custom Trailers for making this show possible. And until next Thursday night, keep it off the wall, folks. And we might just see you at the racetrack somewhere till we meet again.
0: You've been listening to Motorsports Madness powered by mycomputercareer.edu. Training for a better life. You can be an IT professional in as little as four months. Visit mycomputercareer.edu and take the free career evaluation test today. Motorsports Madness, a Race Chaser Media Production. For more exciting and passionate motorsports content, follow Race Chaser Media on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube and visit RaceChaserMedia.com. The opinions expressed by our guests are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff, management, affiliates, or marketing partners of Race Chaser Media. No part of this show may be reproduced in any manner without the expressed written consent of race Chaser media. Thank you for listening.